Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Comeback Stories. I'm here with my man, my friend, my brother, Donnie Starkins. And we have an amazing guest today. Um, guys, I hope that you wouldn't bypass um, a meaningful conversation that has the potential to happen. Um, I met this man in a gym, and one conversation turned into a growing friendship. I'm here with my good friend, Dan Jameson. Dan, thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. That was very nice. Thank you. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. Um, we like to just start uh, right by asking, uh, what was it like growing up for you as a child? Um, let's see here. So I grew up in a place called Richmond, California, and um, it gave me the opportunity to see many things that I'm trying to be as positive as you can, right? I try to be as positive as you can. So like, it gave me the opportunity to see many things that gave me perspective about life, right? If it would be like, drugs, violence, stuff like that. It gave you, it gave me perspective on that, right? It gave me perspective for life, but also like our group of friends, it was a trip, you know, like we had the Mexican guy, we had the black guy, we had the Asian guy, we had the who knows what, you know what I mean? And then they had me, well, we just considered me the white guy, so we were all good, right? So at a young age, it kind of taught me like character over color, you know what I mean? Like, just like how, like, man, like, it's just, you, I don't, I don't, I see character, you know what I mean? And, like, it's, it's so much easier, you know? And then, like, in growing up in Richmond, we weren't, I'm using a lot of likes, we're, we weren't very rich. We weren't very, like, super poor. There was kids that I would use my clothes. Um, I was a single, my mom was a single mom. Um. Oh, shit. Let's, I mean, you want to get to it? Let's get to it. So I was a one-night stand, right? So um, my mom and my biological father was a, it was a one-night stand. From there came me, right? My mom had two. My mom had two sons, my brothers, and uh, I mean, she was. She did everything she could. She's. You know what I mean? I'm, I've got my work ethic from her. You know, and. Uh, once again, it just taught me another perspective. I was never mad or angry about it. It was just, it was life, and it just just taught me perspective, you know. So, like, um, growing up like that, we moved quite a bit of times. Um, when I was young, we moved a lot. My brothers got sent to their dad, so it was just me and my mom. And um, we would just, I mean, I think where I'm living right now is I have it. It's either my 57th or 58th, fifth in place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, no, no military dad, no military mom. Just, just like, you know, rent, hey, rent went up. Boom. You know, go here. And then when you're doing that as a kid, you know, you get comfortable in a place. Like when I lived in San Diego, I lived in five, to six, I mean, five different places. Just because, like, you'd sit there and you start going stir crazy, right? And you'd be like, oh, I got to move because that's natural, right? Like, that's, that's, you know what I mean? Like a dog doesn't know he's on a chain, doesn't know the chain's bad until like you actually take him off it, right? So, you know, like, um, man, it's just, I mean, that's how I grew up. Just like we were just, we were, we were, it was a little chaotic, 
You know what I mean? Sorry if I'm like all over the place. I don't really do no, these things. No, you're good. You're good, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With um, one thing we like to ask as well is, I feel like you can always trace the events or just the mindset of somebody back to uh, pain from their childhood in some way. Is there 100%. a distinct memory of pain that you can point out um, uh, that may have impacted you in a great way? Wow. Let me think about that. There are a lot of those, but like. Um, I think, yeah, 100%. I mean, we're going to be real. Let's open it up. When you don't know who your dad is and your mom's always looking for love, where do you go? Right? Where do you go? So, like, it was, it became a huge amount of pain, but some people would see it as an inspiration. Because, like, I'm always trying, when I was growing up, I was always trying to um, make a friend do this. You know what I mean? Like, help someone out. You know what I mean? So I would feel better about myself, like I am worthy, right? So in a way, it taught me the service that I use today. So interesting. Like, the, it almost seems like not having that love and acceptance from a father figure in, at younger years, you were out there chasing it and trying to yeah. get it from external things because you didn't have it from the foundation of your parents. 100%. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, that's what you're going to do, right? Like, I mean, you look at most, oh, man, it's one of those things. You look at, like, m the most of, like, people that are having issues, right? Like, um, you get with, like, I gotta stop using that. So people don't have a father figure or a mother, right? They're always chasing it. Or maybe the mother, in my case, was, you'll hear, you know, you know, you get raised in a way where you become the man of the house, or I did like to say, now you're the king, right? This is my king, this is my king, which is putting, in a way, it is a lot of love. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of love. But when you're when you're the person and then, you know, you get pushed aside and you don't really know why at a young age, right? Numerous times, and then you gotta pick up the pieces, right? It will build that bad beliefs, all those crazy drama and trauma and all that stuff. So yeah. Who would you say your first real teacher was in your life that may have uh, helped you develop some sort of character. It could have been good, it could have been bad. Um, who would you credit as being like a teacher early on in your life? Who taught me, oh man, the streets. Mm. <laughs> um, OGs, OGs, sorry my voice is what it is, but OGs, OGs, you know, like, hey, uh, um, relationship advice, let's just throw that one out there, you know. Hey, you got your main broad, you got your stable, right? Um, you know, uh, if you want to be happy, marry a square, you know, um, you know, uh, all that girls, you know, maybe she has issues or whatever, but that's just love. Right. Um, I mean, there are so many different bad beliefs. I'm going blank right now, but like so many bad beliefs, because I mean, all I can say is like this, right. I have a buddy named Stu, amazing man. 
this is this is this is this is this is like a funny so um we were Thirty two, thirty three, and he looks at me and he says, "Hey, man, you know how the ice cream stays cold in the ice cream truck?" I said, "How?" He said, uh, "The music," and I'm like, "It's like I'm waiting for the joke, right?" And he like looked at me stone faced, like, right? That's what his parents taught him when he was little. He never did no research. He didn't know, wow. right? So it's like if you don't know what you don't know, right? Mm. So it's like. Me personally, I didn't know, right? So it's, you don't know. Darren and I are always referencing the four agreements. And in the beginning of the book, it talks about domestication and certain ways that we were, it's just conditioning. Yeah, conditioning. The ways that we were brought up and it's all we know, right? The mirroring. What's your word? Always do your best. Um, Don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. The big one, save the big one for last. The superpower. Uh, assumptions, impeccable with your word, always do your best. Don't take anything personally. Boom. That's the super. I, you know what's, what's crazy is I got those cards sitting right there at my on my on my nightstand, right by the there's a hole in the sidewalk, right, right by there, and it's just like it just shows you I need to need to get back in those things. That book is everything, but yeah, in the beginning of it, the whole idea of domestication and it's how we our belief system is built, mm-hmm. right, and for most of us. We have a broken down belief system that's rooted mm-hmm. all in our condition, in our parents and the things that people told us that we were, the things that we didn't get, right? And so for s- someone like you, I feel like just walking through your childhood and all this instability, right? 100%. Like never having a home, like yeah. you could never just feel safe. This word safety runs deep with me this last year of like, for me, just going through some recent medicine journeys, I had this big awakening of like, I went to a place where I felt so safe. Uh-huh. And it made me realize my whole life, all I've been trying to do is feel safe. And I would feel safety through um, achieving. Mm-hmm. That's like if you've done the Enneagram, that's my, I'm an achiever, right? So mm-hmm. I would get validation through my parents or through my dad, through the things that I achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all just because I, you know, caring what other people think and getting the, the opinions of other people, like um, people pleasing, all comes to feeling safe. I just wanted to feel safe. And so that's how it showed up. But going back to you, it just feels like there was never that home. So how did that show up in your life in maybe unhealthy ways as you grow, as you grew older? So when um, I was never into drugs, I was never really into drinking, but man, find me a broken woman, Mm. take it by the dozen. Mm. I mean, seriously, it's like, you know, like, I could pick them out. Like, you feel the vibe, right? Broken feels broken, right? We both feel each other, right? Um, I never really had any strong relationships. Um, My mom really never did. So, like, you know what I mean? She just, it was just the way it was. So, I never really had any strong relationships. I have two kids. I have two wonderful, beautiful kids. Besides, like, um, my kids, like, that's that's my world. And, um and my lady, and uh, it was the bad beliefs that I thought were normal would come just peek their heads out, right? Relationships going good, right? Gotta blow this up. Hey, we need some chaos, 
<laughs> I need some PTSD yeah. in this world. Self-sabotage. Yeah, 100%. Like, how many people in this world live in, in, in absolute PTSD? How many people live in this world in absolute PTSD? Like, seriously, they don't know anything else. Like, I used to tell people, like, crazy, that's like a Tuesday, <laughs> right? Like, let's go. Let's go. Because I would search it out. I would search it out because that's where I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in chaos. Like, I am comfortable in chaos and... For me, that was safety, right? Familiar. Yeah. I mean, dude, look, we get all the way down to this whole thing. If we get down to everything, everybody, and this is, once again, my childhood, right? It don't matter what you look like, what you do, how you do, when you do, whatever you do, right? We are all connected, Right, we are all connected. We are all going through the same stuff. Facts. It's just how do you handle it, right? Insecurity, right? I mean, golly, you just—I mean, all the different seven deadly sins. Everybody's going through them, right? But are you present enough to see it, right? I had to make a hard pivot five years ago. Five, six years. It's five or six years ago. I had to make a hard pivot in life, right? Because all those bad beliefs, all that BS came to a head. And there's a mugshot and about $50,000 in court bills, dismissed case, all that stuff. And at that point, I had to make a choice, right? And I made that choice. And I was lucky enough because here's the thing. No matter what I did in life, I always help people. It's just what I like to do. I like to see the potential in people, right? You can be whatever, you know what I mean? You could be the greatest of all time. It may not be your potential, right? I want to see it. Like, I want to test I want to poke it I want to see what makes you tick I want to get that click right and I always like to do that with people so crazy part was was I think from helping a lot of people I got my karma right to meet this lawyer who sent me to this person right she's my person she is my person she I'm, I'm doing some pretty heavy stuff some heavy lifting here in the next couple of days. And like she, she won't, like sometimes I won't even have to call her. She'll just be like, hey, I was sitting, meditating. This came to me, right? And it's like, okay, this is where I'm at. And I'll do that with people, right? And I, I sit either in the morning, at night. Like, well, anyway, let me get back to this. I'm, I jump all over the place. She took me and we got real, right? We sat in room and we got real, like real. I'm crying and all that. And she just looks at me and said, cut the bullshit. You know what I mean? At that point, I had to snap out of like the woe is me and go, okay, there's something here. I could feel that vibe, right? I could feel that vibration. I could feel all that. And she put me down her path or just opened up the path lit the path and said, look, you're already doing the work of service. You just need to 
you need to accept that is what you do. And not only that, but you need to accept that, um, how do you put it? You need to accept like it's okay, like you're doing good, right? It's just you're inherently good. You want to do good. So like we went through all of that and all those, remember the stable and the, you know, main bra and all that. So I have two baby moms. I like to put the carriage before the horse. Of course, that's just how I roll. And the last one was like, I can't explain it, but like, it was like we were our own comfortable shoes, right? Like relationships would break down, everything else, just go back to the comfortable shoes, right? And um, one day it just, man, it boiled over. Like you wouldn't believe it boiled over. And uh, I got myself in some good trouble and she got herself in some good trouble. And um, I learned from working with Suzanne that what good beliefs, bad beliefs, how those become, watch what you say. say you know what I mean? I say, um, thoughts become, what is it? Is, uh, Thoughts uh, becomes words and words become actions and actions become your character. And actions become belief or no words become thought or thoughts become words, words become beliefs. Yeah. Right. And so like back, you know what I mean? So like I learned all of that. Right. And I learned what stories are. Right. What, uh, what's real and what's not. And once again, when I give me something that vibrates in me, I'm going down that road. Like I'm going hot down that road. So like having these like beliefs and these thoughts and these stories and everything, instead of just asking a question, right? You know, how many people just don't ask a question? Or ask for help. Ask for help. Yeah. Ask a question. I mean, like, mm, it doesn't even have to be a difficult question. Like, like Darren Waller walks by, right? Look at him, you know, nod, and it's just like, how are you today, right? But people are just like, oh, that guy, you know what I mean? They already had that story, right? <laughs> that, that guy, that guy's this way. That guy, oh, he didn't, you know, he didn't smile back. Well, maybe he was thinking of something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the the stories and the things that get people in trouble. And I just, and I just, I just went down that road and this is where I'm at today. What do you think the, um, what was the biggest thing holding you back? Like if I'm guessing this incident you're talking about was your bottom. We like to ask the question, what was your lowest point? I don't know if that was my lowest point. My lowest point might've been um, when I was 30 years old and my, um, so back to like one night stand, right? Is how I know I'm special. So one night stand, there's this thing called Wilson's disease, right? It's a copper disorder, super rare, one in 300,000, right? People have it. Uh, one side, so you gotta have a chromosome. One chromosome is one in 10,000 on this side, I think it is. And the other chromosome has to be one in 10,000 on this side. Well, they had a one night stand, boom, me, I'm 29 years old. My, I'm starting to my, like my, my skin's itching. Everything's itching. I just had I just had my son, 
My daughter was, th- no, I had to be 28 because I just had my son. My daughter was three, um, like itching, going, man, what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this, right? Go take a leak, and it's like Merlot, right? And I'm kind of stubborn. I wouldn't call it tough, like stubborn. And so I was like, ah, just drink my water, whatever, right? I'm getting, like, tired. Like, I can't even – I like, I drive three minutes. I got to, like, pull over, right? Like, it's it's bad. Not three minutes, like 15 minutes, right? Like, I'm, I'm bad. And uh, I end up going to the hospital. Like, I end up going to the hospital because, like, someone looks at me and they're like, dude, you're yellow. And I'm like, yellow? I'm like, yeah, yellow. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy, right? Okay, let's let's go to the hospital. Um, they run some tests, throw IVs in, um, send me out. Like, you know, because I was in good shape. So they were just like, oh, you're just dehydrated. There's something, whatever. So I would go leave, or actually before I'd leave, I'd, they'd say go down and do lab work. i go do lab work. I'd leave, get a call. You need to get back here now. And I'm like, okay. So this is when, like, I knew stuff started being a little serious. It was like, I'm going to the ER. She's like, hey, tell the EA lady who you are. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, get back. Drive back in. They're like, there is people wrapped up hands, bleeding, you know, everything else. Hi, I'm uh, Daniel Jameson. Uh, I was told to be brought back. Yeah, one second. Yeah, you got it. Like, just walk through those doors. You know what I mean? Doctors waiting for you. And uh, it was crazy. It was like the, I mean, going through all of that with the mugshot and everything was pretty crazy. Um, It gave me the pivot, I guess, right? Because I was at, I think, I think um, timing is a lot to do with karma, right? I think timing has a lot to do with it. I wasn't prepared Mm. when I, when I was going through the Wilsons or I still am, but I wasn't prepared for that. So what ended up happening when I was 30, we went to the, let me fast forward back. We were going to the hospital, into the thing, going to the room. The room, um, Doc's like, look, just letting you know, like, your levels of creatine and other stuff in your liver is just insane, right? And they're like, you have so much, like, you have so much, like, buildup in your, in your liver. And they're like, we don't know what it is. You need to do more tests, right? And by all means, the, um, the health insurance I have is wonderful, wonderful health insurance. Um, they would, I would go, they would do the IV. I would go do more blood work because they would have to figure it out because they couldn't figure it out. They're like, what is this? What is Through three months of this bouncing back, bouncing back, bounce, go out, bounce back, go out, bounce back right i had 62 different blood work just like they were drawing blood just drawn like six 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 of those things like literally the lady would be all like this you know if you, you got your blood work oh, yeah. yeah they poured it out it's like i think it was like like a um what is it like a costco receipt that thing was just <laughs> like rolling and i'd be all okay cool and she'd be like, right and uh it was crazy because like uh at like month two the doc was just like you got some like they 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 were like setting me up for chemo. They thought like this is like you got some weird form of blood cancer. We can't figure it out. It's tearing your body up. By this time, my son's mom would come home from work and she'd like, yo, you smell like 
death. Like you're because when your liver doesn't work, you know your skin's an organ. It pushes everything out your skin. That's what the yellow is. It's the bile from your stomach, right? So, um, I mean, I don't know. You know, one of the greatest things that happened is like my mouth just started bleeding. I'd got to the point now where like teeth, gums, touch anything, I'm bleeding. It's just the way it is. I'm I'm yellowish green. My mouth is bleeding. Um, but without that, so I have the, like when that happened, I had this crazy metallic taste in my mouth and they were like oh that's the blood but this one endocrine doctor that was like gonna start putting me through um setting me up for the chemo setting me up for everything else gonna do the liver biopsy all of that and uh i was like doc like i just like even when it's not bleeding i just taste copper and he was like copper 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 and like he went to the he went to like his computer doing all the stuff he, we set my biopsy. I went and did my biopsy. He pulled it out. He, um, we did it. I went home. Um, from there, sorry, sorry if I'm jumping. I did. It's been so long since I've told this story. I just, and uh, he calls me up and he's like, "You need to get back here. We need to do um, lights around your eyes. So you looking like you know when you like to do glasses. So I have copper rings on my eyes." So he's because um, well, that's just the way that that works. So pretty much Wilson's disease is, is I was born without a filter for copper. So um, copper just I got to watch what I eat and I got to stay I got to stay healthy, healthy, like run and do all that stuff. I still whatever. I, I don't eat the healthiest. But like anything that doesn't any of the copper goes to my brain stem or goes to my my brain. Right. You remember those things where you'd like see like the shocks and everything and you touch it and it would like, right? So like my, my brain has copper deposits on it, right? So I, um, if I don't, like my endocrine system shot, like I, my, my thyroid, my reproductive, uh, my energy levels, like it's shot, right? If I don't have my meds, I'm a totally different person. Mm. And um, it's crazy because, like, you know, looking back on that situation, right, like, that that sucked, right? But I was thankful that it was Wilson's disease, right? Um, they tell me when I'm, like, I'm 43 now, they tell me anywhere, you know, I will be Parkinson'd out. Right, because that's just the way it is. That's how that stuff works. Right? There's no, you know, you I take this pill that cleats copper and I piss it out. But like, you're not gonna get all of it. So it's just, you know, maybe it doesn't happen. Who knows? And doctors have been wrong about a lot of shit. Um, so it's I, I just I'm thankful that it wasn't the cancer. I'm thankful. I mean, at least it's something that's like I just treat it like diabetes. Right? I just got, if I don't take my pills. You'd be like, damn, why are you why are you nodding off? I'd be like, huh? <laughs> How did you get to that place? Like, what was the story that you had to stop telling yourself so that you could start to like write this whole comeback story of your own? Um, I think I'm blessed in a way that like uh it is what it is. Acceptance. Acceptance. It's interesting that yeah. word keeps coming up because right. in the beginning, looking for that acceptance 
And I think your partner, your girl had pointed that out to you even in a different way when you could just accept that this is you. You're a man of service. Like you have a heart of service. But I think it just ties, I'm just trying to connect the dots together of as a child, we, you're looking for acceptance. You don't mm-hmm. have a dad. You're just trying to have that. But I had, to, I had to accept that, right? Like Father's Day, I had to accept making my mother a Father's Day card <clears throat> at different things. Like that's the one thing I was all, she, like, man, that woman, that woman accepted a lot of shit in her life, like a lot of shit in her life. And you know what? I would not trade her in for anything. She has taught me so much, right? Um, she, the one that, like, really showed me, like, acceptance, like, acceptance. I was always, like, that's just the way it is. So, like, when you're saying that part, you know, when all that was going on, when I didn't know that it was Wilson's and everything and we had that part, you know what I mean? I had to make a videotape for my kids. Mm. I mean, they're three and mm. a baby, Right? Now, that's some hard shit right there. That's some hard shit to think about, right? So when you find out it's Wilson's, hey, I don't give a shit. I'm, hey, I don't get to see my kids. You're like, oh, hell yeah. So it gave me that, that, uh, well, I don't relief, but like, yeah, relief, right? Like, like relief, like I get to see my kids. So, you know what I mean? When you're asking me, like, what was the pivot point? There was, I've always had those pivot points, but I forget about them. You know what I mean? Like they're just I don't I don't talk about my story. It was hard for me to do this. This was after a lot of sitting and saying, Yeah, I'm gonna tear this thing up. I don't really talk about it. I'm gonna jump many decades and jump all over the place, but like hell, this is who I am. It's beautiful. Right? And um so I've had many times in my life where people could say that was a pivot, right? And I never had anyone to reassure me that I was doing the right thing. This is, that's still a thing that I have to get through, right? So childhood, right? There it is, is, right? I mean, listen, if you look at anybody in this world, anybody that's having a ton of issues and shit, and you're looking at them, you're just judging them the shit out of them and everything else, look at them as a child. Look at them as a child and you will see that kid in school, that person, a friend, yourself, mm. right? You mean me? You know what I mean? And then you'll start to go, oh, I'm projecting my bullshit on this person. Mm. Right? A whole, level, a whole other level of awareness to get to that place. I love that the theme of this acceptance, the question I had asked earlier is what's the story you had to stop telling yourself, but I do think it's, this theme of acceptance, I always use that equation. I don't know who, who came up with it, if it was Viktor Frankl, but it's pain times um, resistance equals suffering, pain times acceptance equals freedom. I don't think I, 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 I just read his book. Yeah, I might, I might not be him. I don't know, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I don't know. I know that's like logotherapy, right, or something? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It might be, you might have hit that one, but I, I just, that is a crazy book, by the but way. But the whole idea of it is this acceptance, and acceptance does not mean we need to like it. Acceptance means that, it's happened and we have to accept that it's happened. Mm-hmm. And at some point, even if we've had pain and we've been abused or, or mm-hmm. left or neglected, like we do have to accept that it's happened. hundred percent. Right? Because the resistance of it, we're just banging our head against the wall of reality. and It gets, make it gets it, better when it's okay the way that it is. Yeah. It's a quote I, want, yeah. I once heard. It's, it gets better when it's okay the way that it is. 
Boom, that's, that's, that's accepted. That's a, that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful, wonderful way of putting it. And in recovery, that we always talk about acceptance is the answer to all of our problems. Right. I love that this this is the theme, and it's like hit different directions. But I think yeah. the, the biggest thing I'm hearing is self acceptance. So at some point, when you can accept yourself, flaws and all, and all the stuff that we have, or you can trust yourself. I think a lot of that had to do with me. I had to trust that gut feeling mm-hmm. because so many people told me in my life that gut feeling wasn't right. Which is why when wow. people don't trust people, it's actually because they don't trust themselves. It's always it's always from the inside out. That's happening tonight. Yeah. 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 That's uh that's 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 a deep one, right? So it's just like like you were saying, like resistance, right? Like what's the strongest tree in uh in a storm? Oh yeah. The bamboo or willow. Just goes the wind goes this way. Wind goes this way. And it's just like, all right, I'm still here. Redwood, everybody's like, Redwood, Redwood, Redwood. Redwood's like and then it just bloop, right? You can only resist for so long. Mm. Accept it. Accept it. Hey, man, just be the willow. Just be the willow. You're going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be all right. You know, and, but like what you're saying, like when people accept the past and everything else, like one of the things that I like to show people is like the three, three parts, right? You're in right here. This is now, right? This past is only sadness, sorrow. I should have done this. Can't do shit about it. Too many people out here just like, I should have done that. Well, you know what? That's fine. You could have done that. Hey, that's an error. We all make errors, right? The next time it comes up, don't make that error. Because then if you don't fix it, then it becomes a mistake, right? And then like over here, or they're like, oh, I have to do all this stuff. I have to do all that. That's like fear, anxiety, everything else. But if you just stay like here, everybody goes, you know, like, you know, center in the middle, present it's all the same stuff right and like i don't know i mean if we just it's 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 easy what do i say simple never easy yeah i mean talk about making errors like i'm thinking over here about the beliefs i had like i felt like if i made an error or if i didn't do something correctly like somehow that that was an indictment against me if the result wasn't pleasing to me or pleasing to most people most of the time, like it was an indictment against me. Like something was wrong with me. Like, like I'm wrong, I'm bad. Like that, that, that shame factor, like walking around with the code of shame everywhere that I went and there. Wow. And how can you trust yourself when you wearing that all the time? <laughs> yeah, a lot of judgment, a lot of self-criticism, that, that inner voice, even with, I just keep coming back to acceptance somehow, but like, you know, there's, there's a saying, if they knew better, they'd do better. Mm-hmm. And same thing for us. Like, if I knew better, I would have done better. Mm-hmm. However, like, too much that's given comes great responsibility. And, you know, I'll talk with Darren often about, like, dude, if anybody can handle this, it's you. Yeah. With the tools. And it's not like he was just gifted all these tools. He's worked his ass off. And I'm not talking about the physical stuff. I'm talking about the mental stuff. The reading. The, the readings, work. the, the work meditations. Period. This dude, like, you know, I thought I had a practice and rituals and this guy stays with me and I just see how dialed in he is I'm like dude I ain't doing shit compared to him but it's but it's a direct reflection of his willingness right and that um it comes back to though like even if there's challenges or injuries or adversity it's I just remind him I'm like dude if anybody can handle it it's you always gonna be something always gonna be something but your toolbox because you've done the work to gain the tools 
you just have way more tools than I would say 99.9% of the people in your league. And so with that comes the responsibility to not stay stuck when we kind of go down one of those rabbit holes. But also, like, I put it to you, like, my, the, Suzanne, when I first started meditating, she saw how ultra competitive I was, right? And this is what I do with some of the athletes I work with. First five-minute meditation, I'm just going to challenge them. Like, keep your mind. Like, I, I will challenge you to be still. I will challenge you to count your breaths. I will challenge you to focus on that point of your breath when it goes from inhale to exhale, that split second. I will challenge you to just sit there in stillness, right? I will challenge you. And then five minutes becomes seven, 10, 12, 15. Let's get the framework done. And then we can get into the other stuff right and working from that point because that's what Suzanne did with me right she was like let's just get to that point and then what ends up happening is like I remember sitting there and I'd be sitting 30 minutes and like I my mind would play just crazy games yeah. with me. Yep. crazy you gotta yep. go to the bathroom yep. you better itch this this is gonna happen Eco. world's gonna end burgers pizza burgers <laughs> phone right I had it to the point where I literally was sitting, and I wasn't asleep, but my mind was like, I was in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, you dirty dog. Right, you, you almost got me. You almost got me to get up. You almost got me. Like, I, like, and it was crazy because like, when I didn't, um, when I had that itch, and I just stayed away from it. It just went away. That stuff just went away. And it's teaching you the discipline you need. Right, and there's that Jocko guy. You know, I mean, I love Jocko. He's a great dude. He said, "Discipline is freedom." Right? If you do everything you're supposed to do, it gives you freedom in your mind. Right? It gives you the freedom to be able to to handle the BS. Right? And like, I don't know. It's just mm. the freedom word runs deep for me. Always, I have it on my one of my many anchors, but it's on one of my bracelets, and I believe it's. Freedom, not freedom for ourselves, but freedom from ourselves. And that's the essence of the practice. Like when we can sit and meditate and get out of our own way, or at least when we start the practice to actually notice when we are, when we're, when we're having negative thoughts or we're thinking about the mm -hmm. work or that we can just, it's all positive pattern interrupts. And how do we redirect our focus and bring it I back like to that. center? I like that a lot. Positive pattern. Yeah, like I, you just arm yourselves with them. So whether it's a tattoo or it's a bracelet or it's a ring or you have these anchors or you have these little sayings or a word, right? Anything to redirect your focus from going down one of those holes that isn't serving you, whether it's just thoughts about lunch or it's thoughts I about... I use asparagus. Yeah. <laughs> I use asparagus. I used it because like uh, uh, it's just different from everything else. It'll make you go like, what? You just say that word? Just That's like, like asparagus. A, like in my head, I'll just go asparagus like, or none of your business, not, not my business, right? Mm. And, it, and asparagus came from uh, when I do uh, combine training and guys, you know this, sitting at the 40, <sighs> next thing you're like, is my foot right? Is my foot right? Is my hand down? I'd say, deep breath, asparagus. You know what I mean? Because that's, that's the difference between a 4-4 four, four and a 4-8. Mm. You know what I mean? So it would just be... But then I took that athlete 
mind frame and put it to what I do now. Like if it goes down a, a word, it goes down like a thing. If I'm having a trouble at work and this guy's feeling some other way, maybe he's not. None of my business, right? Asparagus. You know it. <laughs> I love that. It really doesn't matter what what it the word is. It's what it matters right. to you, and like that. That's amazing. And I think sometimes people overthink this thing or think you have to be sitting a in a certain position with a with a mudra, like a certain hand posture. And it's like whatever's going to work for you to make this like whole practice actually that you want to do it. Yeah. David Gr teacher says like in in all of the beginning of his meditation, settle in, get comfortable because comfort is queen. Yeah. Mine doesn't feel great for me to sit cross-legged with seven surgeries on my left knee. And even though mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a meditation teacher and I need to sit this way, it's like, no, just get comfortable yeah. so that you actually want to do it. Yeah. So like another thing that really taught me a lot of lessons was um, I have a friend in Sacramento, a well-known pain doctor, right? And he came with this epiphany that he just didn't want to give pills anymore. Right, and he, uh, you ever heard of functional restoration? No. All right, so he's, there's these things in Northern, I don't know if they're out this way, I don't know where they're at, but pretty much what they do is it's, it's a clinic, right? And you go in, so like, like again, anyways, so you would go from workman's comp, say you're on workman's comp for like three years, you go to this clinic, and from there, they have a PT, they have a social worker, they have a, a therapist, a, psycho or a psychiatrist, and they have like uh, yoga, Pilates, and then a strength guy, right? And um, it was cool because when I was making my pivot, this came into my life. And sorry if I'm jumping everywhere again, dude. You're good. Oh, it's Great, terrible. brother. We're with I'm you. Trying, trying. It's just, it's just stuff's popping in my head. And I'm just taking from your, your meditation part, right? And the psychiatrist was very Western. And he was cool because he would, he was open though. So we had this thing. You ever heard biofeedback? Yeah. All right. So I'm certified in biofeedback, right? And we didn't. We went to this long. I mean, I mean, certified three days, and like a bunch of people, you know, going them through these machines and breathing and all this other stuff. And it was silly to me because at this time I was heavy into my practice. Like I'm not as heavy as I am. I was at that moment. I had nothing but time, right? Right now I'm. I got five classes. I'm trying to finish my degree. I got five classes, two gyms, a consulting business, and I work nine. 5 a.m. to whenever, right? So that's still no excuse. By the way, I just I'm not reading as much as I should be and not doing my work. Sorry, Suzanne, if you ever see this. Um, but it was cool because that that taught me that that whole realm because we would have sittings, right? And I would start to do that meditate like the little like challenge people with meditation challenge people with different things and he'd be all just put them on the mark too and i'm like really i mean what is that i'll just put them on the mark too is what he said all right what is that so i ended up going to this week-long thing in berkeley where it just taught diaphragmic breathing literally took everything 
and just made it, I guess you would say westernized, right? Like it took the hocus pocus and the, you know what I mean? The just reframe the words. There you go. Reframe the words, made it more um, accessible, maybe accessible. You're saying the great words. I was going to pop off. No, no, I was going to pop off with some BS. But uh, it was it was crazy because this this machine gives you it it it, it unlocks it a little bit, right? But it was just funny because it was like uh, it was it was not funny, not funny, but uh, awesome, I guess you would say, because this machine has helped a lot of different people. And I said, oh, I, like, once again, if I see something, I want to get the best at it. So they figured out ways where I didn't have to have a college degree and still do it. So I went through it, did everything, got my board certification by doing 50, 50 treatments because I just stayed at the – when I was done doing the training and everything of, um, you know, mobility and everything for these people, i just sit and do two or three a day or one, one this week or however when I had time. And it was just – it was cool because it – gave me another tool as in if you just really think about it just sit in stillness and just watch what happens sure. just sit in stillness and watch what happens that's it right? somebody needed a practical meditation definition boom there it is <laughs> there you have it meditation machine what would you say for you if somebody listening right now is stuck struggling they know that they're stuck, but they don't know what to do about it. What, what kind of advice what stuck would you tell me. them? Stuck, like struggling in an addiction, struggling in a bad relationship, negative thoughts, depression, suicidal thoughts. Like what would be some advice that you would give them? Well, first you got to do a seek. A seek. If you know you're there, if you know that there is a problem, something is seeking you, Right? know that something is seeking you because you are becoming aware of the problem, right? Know that, that if you feel the way you do, it's for a reason, right? You're, you're something higher than you is poking you, yep. poking you. I think right. when you can own your like anxiety, right? Anxiety is it's information. Yeah, so when it's you can future. own it, but it's like there's information there, so it's telling you something. So your anxiety can actually be a gift. Hundred percent. There's something there, and so awareness is the first step, and then there's there's the action step, yeah. right? Yeah. My besides my wonderful kids and my lady, my greatest asset to this world is my journey. Mm. I can relate. I can relate with pretty much anybody. I can relate. I'm not gonna, you know what I mean, play, you know, like competitive bad stories, but I can relate to you and just say certain things to you where it rings right there and you're like, oh, this dude knows what I'm talking about, right? And that's, that's like, that's my, that's my journey. You know what I mean? That's what you were kind of, I, I felt that's which way you were going down yeah. that way. I just met you an hour ago and I, I <laughs> feel that like you really truly embody that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like immersed in this conversation. I know there's cameras on and there's a casino outside of us yeah, right now. And pe golf. Pe people looking yeah. in, but like, yeah. um, 
I'm, just, I'm, I'm in this with you, man. Oh, man. Yeah. I, you know, but I can see you're a very open person. I could be talking about pencils and crayons, and you're <laughs> going to stare me in the eye, and you're going to love me, right? And you're going to give me the love and the attention because I, if I'm passionate about something, you're going to see that and be like, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's how that's, I try to be like that, right? I, 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 if someone is very passionate or they're in pain and stuff like that, I want to I wanna help them. I don't even think you have to try. Like, that's the embodiment piece of it. I think the trying was the child and wanting the acceptance. But now this is, this is just how you roll. Yeah. And it, like, radiates. It's very, very clear. The authenticity is in, inspiring. Oh, man, thank you. I, yeah. just gotta, I, just, I think I got to get a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know, man. It, it's, um, Time is just an illusion anyways. I get it. I, just, I, I think I went childhood. 30, 38, 22. I was everywhere. That's how you got to piece it together sometimes. I was like, man, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. But also there was a time in my life where I was a complete asshole. There was that time too, right? right? There was that time where those beliefs, I was a complete asshole. Mm. And you know what I mean? I did love on people and everything else, but believe me when I tell you, I was a complete Guilty, D-bag. Guilty as well. D-bag. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah. Yeah, man, man, I'm uh, I'm so grateful that you decided to come on here, man. Like I'm just in awe of you because it's like, like you said, you're just you're literally piecing through your story before our eyes, and I feel like that's inspiring somebody that may be listening right now yeah. that is trying to figure out, like, yeah, I may want to change, I may want to do something about it, but like, where do I start? Where do I begin? It's you just, sit and you feel. Mm-hmm. Sit and you feel like most people. Like I think the biggest problem, really, is emotional intelligence in this world right we don't know like we just know anger and love that's it that's all we know that's it that's all that's all right now don't get me wrong when you get down to the the meat and the potatoes like after everything right it's either fear or love right that's why you do what you do right but like just having certain words will like almost like you just take the top off the tee you just so I think, yeah, I mean, when you're saying that person that's may having a hard time, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of people on a phone, right? Maybe your boys or maybe you're, I mean, a lot of people are embarrassed by it, right? I was one of them. Um, there's a lot of phone numbers out there you can find. There's, there's all that, but I would just tell you to close your eyes, set a timer for five minutes, see what comes to you. Try to like when your mind's drifting off to what you need to do, just sit in stillness and watch what comes, right? And I know that that's simple to say, but not easy. I think that's probably the hardest thing I ever had to do. I mean, you guys could agree, right? Yeah. Because there's days when you want to, when you sit and you're like, I don't want to sit. Yeah, you I don't want to see that. Drown it out. I don't want to do any of it. Hey, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this, right? And that's, there's different forms too. You know, you can do it three minutes here, five minutes here, run. Just do it. Walk. It goes back to that choice that you said earlier. My sponsor calls it, he always asks, do you want relief or do you want freedom? Ooh. And that's like, <laughs> Yeah. Because like I can find the relief when it's like I'll run and drown it out in, you know, food sometimes or, you know, used to be women, used to be all types of things. It's always like, deflecting. Well, it's you like think? a yeah the the um, 
a decision that you make today that, that makes you feel good today but hurts you tomorrow is a bad decision, mm. right? And I think there's, I'm just thinking about all the ways to numb out, right? They told me, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, just any, and like, and I think that's what you're saying is basically to sit in your shit, yeah. right? But it's not, it's not pleasant. It's not fun. Yeah. No one likes, like, this is why people struggle to yeah. slow down and sit because they don't like what's going to come up. But to sit in the essence of meditation, the big shift in the practice is we go from thinking to feeling. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes these feelings don't feel great, but we have to feel it to heal it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to actually get into your body and feel it. Otherwise, like, we'll find any other distractions. I mean, mine's my phone more than anything mm-hmm. to not feel. So, like, um, one, one thing, when, when I was going through my, my stuff five years ago, um, I would do two hours of co-parenting a week, co-parenting therapy. My personal, Suzanne, my guru. And then two hours a week of anger management. Right, so I was sitting on eight, eight hours, <laughs> eight hours. I think I was, I, think I was independent. Like, like I employed myself because there was no way I was doing that. But um, one thing that I got through the anger management, right, was minutes of anger, or moments of anger, years of pain. Mm. Like that just came to like the co-parenting anger management is like your kids see certain things you don't even know things that you're saying you gotta be watching what things you're saying and yeah just like that came to me when you like said generations that. oh Gener- dude, moments of anger generations of yeah ancestors. break the cycle yeah. that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to break that cycle yeah man hey you guys ever done that thing where you like you look uh you do a tree and you like do all your like aunts and uncles and grand and you see like craziness like holy crap like my grandmother was married X amount of times. My mom was married X. My aunt was married. I mean, like it was that. Like for my family, it was crazy when we did that. We did that uh, exercise, and like you'll start seeing, and they're like, "So you're gonna break the cycle, or what are you gonna do?" It's one of my whys. That is one. I have like two big whys, and that is one of them. It stops with me. Oh, that's wonderful. It stops with me. There's a book. I haven't read it yet, but it's called It Stops With Me. I saw that's a friend wonderful. post it. I'm like, this, is that what I think it means? She's like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> you, that's it. Have you ever heard of Sherry Huber? No. Dude, amazing. Amaz- the way she can put stuff is crazy. My first book I ever read was There's Nothing Wrong With You. Right? Or. Yep, we're doing now. Or there was one that I'm reading now. It's um, what you seek is seeking you. Mm, that's a roomy quote, I think. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was. It's. It's. Dude. It's. It's. Or uh, if you're falling, dive is another really good one. She does. Yeah, I've read like eight of her books. That was like my. That was like my author through all that crap. It's beautiful, man. We could wrap all day. Oh, no, we, man, we, I appreciate you. We got to wrap up. I wanted to ask. We wanted to ask you one last question. We always like to give a comeback story shout out that one person in your life that maybe has been in your corner had your back no matter what we can't do this work alone so who gets your comeback story shout out i i can't give it to one person i can only give it to someone like i said i always forgot right um vince when i was younger wit when i was older kyle when i was get you know, in this last five years, right? And Suzanne for the rest of my life, mm. right? I want to meet Suzanne, get some work on, get some work done <laughs> with her. 
And she's great. She's deep. She's yeah. deep. She, hey, she will poke the bear. I love that stuff. And challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you for coming on here and being uh, vulnerable today. Oh, man. Uh, this, 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 this is beautiful. I knew from the first conversation, I was like, this this has to happen. You know, this is this is the example of, you know, what we try to show to the world, like what men should be talking about, the type of conversations Everybody. we should be having. Everybody should be having, like you said. So thank you for being that example, man. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Well, I really, so really much. enjoyed this. I know when Darren... I mean, anytime if he says, I got a guest, or I said, we just, there's a level of trust here. We just know whoever's coming in is going to bring it. You brought it. So thanks for showing up. I always say, like, when I see something in somebody else that I want, like, I want what they have, I want to get close to these people. And I just love your energy and your light. I love the way that you talk. Like, just, there's just this calm presence that I really resonate with. So thanks for bringing it. I know a lot of our audience is going to really benefit from listening to your story, man. So. Uh, thank Thanks you. for showing that, up. That means big. a lot. Thank you. Appreciate right, it. Yo, peace. What's up, Comeback Stories family? It's Donnie dropping in here. So did you know that Darren and I's relationship started by me being his personal development, mindfulness, and mindset coach? I want to let you know about both my one-on-one coaching program, The Shift, and my group mastermind, Elevate Your Purpose. These coaching programs are specifically designed for people who are ready to take the next step in their purpose and level up their career, personal finances, and have more connected, deep, and meaningful relationships. My gift and part of my purpose is to help others take that next step in leveling up their lives so that they can have a greater impact on the lives of others, create success that's sustainable yet evolves and grows, and help build a legacy that will outlive your life. If this is calling you, just go to DonnieStarkins.com and apply for either one of my programs.